You're listening to Half Stack Highlights, a blogcast dedicated to showcasing the latest in indie talent, business, and creative opportunities for the dreamer in you. We bring you intimate conversations with up-and-comers, entrepreneurs, and fellow dreamers alike, and we're based right here in Chicago. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Half Stack Highlights. I'm so excited to kick off 2017. In today's episode, I had the opportunity to interview an incredibly talented Miami-based Puerto Rican musician, Raquel Sofia. The singer-songwriter who is signed to Sony Music's Latin division is such a bright spot in Latin pop today. Her sound is unique, and she's really found a way to deliver her music in a way that defies genres and labels. I absolutely fell in love with her soulful voice that has this beautiful jazz undertone to it, but ranges from ska, rockabilly, and 80s pop rock stylistically. My grandmother, whose stage name was La Muñequita, came to America from Puerto Rico in the 60s to pursue her own musical dreams. And I have always looked up to other women in the Latin music scene who have forged forward and found success in the music industry. Raquel truly has seen the success she deserves. She has worked behind the scenes, penning songs, and performing backup vocals for mainstream Spanish-language performers like Shakira, Juanes, and Prince Royce. Despite her apparent newcomer feel, she is a Latin music veteran who is truly making waves and carving out her spot and style in the scene. It's a beautiful moment for her. Recently, Raquel had the opportunity to work with Vida Alexis on a digital project that brought her to the heart of the Midwest, our very own Windy City, Chicago. She explored the Latin and jazz music scenes in our city and took some time to tell me more about this whole experience, her journey as a musician, and what's to come for her this year. Keep listening for the full interview. So then where are you located? I'm from Puerto Rico, um, and I work between Miami and Puerto Rico is my home base. My first experience, you know, working in Chicago was with Lexus RPM, and it was an amazing experience. I've been to Chicago before. I love the city, and being able to work there and meet the musicians there, there's so much talent, there's so much history. It was an amazing experience. I was a jazz major in college, and I know that, you know, Chicago was a very important part of the jazz scene when it first started. I mean, it was just a beautiful thing to experience. We went to some of the oldest bars to see live jazz. We met, you know, with people that have been involved in the music scene and bringing Latin music to Chicago and keeping it alive. And it was very great to be a part of it. Can you just tell me a little bit about your journey then, just as a musician in general, not necessarily in Chicago, but from Puerto Rico to bring it to the States, to Miami, and what you've been working on right now? Well, I started singing when I was really young, and not just singing. I started writing songs when I was really young, and I knew I wanted to be a songwriter and a musician, and I moved to Miami when I was 18 to go to University of Miami to get a bachelor's degree in jazz music, jazz performance, and for a while, I thought I wanted to be a jazz singer, but songwriting always called me. Um, When I graduated from college, I was working, you know, as a local musician in weddings and restaurants and all of that. And I got called to sing backups and record backups for the Juanes MTV Unplugged. And that was kind of the moment that changed my life because after I did the Unplugged, I went on tour and I ended up opening the tour with my original songs. And, you know, I I went from college, which was one of my schools, to being a a backup singer, which is a totally different kind of school and watching people that you have admired your whole life, you know, on stage every night. And then after that, I... I, you know, got signed and started working with Sony and, and started pursuing my own music and my own career as a soloist. And that I released my first album, Te Quiero Los Domingos, in the summer of 2009. And wow. then I was nominated as Best New Artist a few months later, which was crazy and amazing. 
And all of that led me to Lexus RPM and recording those songs was a great experience because as a songwriter, you never, you're always so caught up in your own stories and your own words yeah. and your own message that recording these songs that I've loved for so long and, and giving them my own style was a very, very fulfilling experience. And I feel like it brings Latino music mainstream too with what you guys are doing with, you know, the whole Lexus Viva and just how you're pursuing that whole opportunity to just look at it from a much broader perspective. Well, it was important to us, you know, I think with the, you know, the climate in the U.S. right now with the Latinos in the U.S., like it was one of the most beautiful things about the Lexus RPM experience was seeing that even though, you know, people are far away from their countries, from away, far away from their homes, or they've made new homes in the United States, Latin culture is still very much alive and very vibrant and very important to Latinos in the U.S., you know? And I am, yeah. I've lived in Miami for a long time, and I know what that feels like. And I thought it was very important to highlight that even if you're not in Puerto Rico or Mexico or Cuba and you're living in the U.S., your culture is still very much a part of who you are. You mentioned you're releasing a new album. Do you want to talk about that a little? Well, my first single is called Ron de Azúcar, which means sugar rum, um, and it comes out next year. And I'm really excited. I'm in the process. I've been writing all over the place, and I went up to North Carolina on like a writing trip and I was in Mexico writing. I've been in Miami and, you know, I'm excited for my second album. It's going to be a little bit of the same, but coming from a different perspective because I wrote my first album very heartbroken and now, you know, I'm happy. <laughs> Things are different. So I'm excited. I'm excited for people to see this other side of me. So where do you draw your inspiration then for the music that you write, for even just the way you perform? Where does all of that come from? You know, I wish I was like Bob Dylan or Paul McCartney who can write songs about things they observe and third parties. I write about myself and what I feel. And it's hard if I'm sad to write a happy song or if I'm happy to write a sad song. Um, and I write about love. I think that love is so complicated and there's so many sides to it and so many grays. And, you know, and, and I just, I love exploring that. I love exploring the, you know, the different levels, the different sides of, of relationships. And it, it inspires me so much. So, can you, you mentioned, you know, the whole Lexus RPM project. Do you want to share some more insight about what that project entailed, what you did? Yeah. What it was like working on it? Well, you know, I, I was very intrigued by the project since, they, since it was first presented to me by the Lexus RPM team. Um, because we, we traveled to four different cities, Miami. New York, Chicago, and LA. LA, we did Mexican music. So, and in each city, we studied, like, learned about the history of the genre that is most relevant to that city, the genre in Latin music that is most um, relevant to that city. And um, at the same time, I met with local musicians in a local studio in each city and recorded a song from that genre. So it was very cool, like, to dive in fully into these genres of music. So in Miami, we did Cuban music. And we recorded a classic by Celia Cruz called Rie Llora with Cuban musicians and Cuban instruments, the tres, the percussion, everything. Then in New York, we did salsa. And New York was very special to me because it was the Puerto Rico episode. Yes, yes. You know, and we went to Spanish Harlem and I saw those flags and my grandmother worked in the Bronx, you know, for so long. And my mom was born in the Bronx and I just felt so connected to New York when we were filming it. And it was a very beautiful, emotional experience. And... We did a Mark Anthony song called Que Precio Tiene el Cielo. And then mm -hmm. we went to Chicago and we did Latin jazz. And that's where we did the Ricky Martin song, Con Tu Nombre. And Chicago was yeah. cool because I never get to see live jazz anymore, ever since I've been yes. out of college. So it was so amazing. 
you know, to go to these clubs and see, you know, we met with uh, jazz trumpet players. Just everything about it was was very reminiscent of my four years in college. Mm-hmm. And then finally, my last stop was L.A., which was the wild card for me because, you know, growing up in Puerto Rico and the East Coast and all of that, we don't get a lot of Mexican influence. I was really nervous to sing ranchera and, and all of that because it's totally <laughs> foreign to me. So um, it was it was very cool to, you know, meet with Los Hermanos Herrera and learn about the music and learn about, you know, the different styles of Mexican music and then to sing No Me Queda Más but in a ranch, like a Norteña version. It was beautiful. Oh, it's crazy it. because I've been to L.A. a bunch of times, but I had never seen that side of L.A., the vibrant Mexican culture. When you were in Chicago, were you able to hit up? I, I noticed they did some shots in Humboldt Park. That's where I grew up in. Were you yes. able to even touch into Pilsen, too, though? No, we didn't. We didn't. We were focused on jazz. We went to the oldest jazz club. I think it was called Green Street. We went to we went to saw, like, a Dixieland band. We were focused on that side. Next time, I'll go, I'll go check out the yes, little Mexico. Definitely. <laughs> check out Pilsen. Sure. But I, I saw the flags on Division Street. There, There's a lot of Boricua pride in, in your Chicago video, which is so cool to see. It was very cool. It was it was amazing. It, you know, I, it amazes me on a personal level to see how Puerto Ricans are how Puerto Rican culture is so alive outside of Puerto Rico. There are some great personalities and and musicians that you work with throughout these videos. Who were some of the the ones that you really like? Whoa! Like I can't believe I got to do this with this person. Well, you know, I met with Larry Harlow, Larry Harlow in yeah. New York, and I grew up listening to Fanny All Stars, like La Cartera. Yeah. Like me and my dad would blast that in the car and sing along. So. <laughs> Like, when I told my parents, oh, no, I'm meeting with Larry Harlow, everybody in Puerto Rico was like, what? So <laughs> it was it was an amazing it was an amazing experience talking to him. I was kind of nervous because he invited us into his home and everything, and, you know, that was beautiful. And then I really, really enjoyed speaking with Los Hermanos Herrera in, Mex- in, in Mexico, in L.A. Um, yeah. Sorry, I was just in Mexico, too, so I'm, like, all over the place. <laughs> um, in L.A., in Los Hermanos Herrera. Again, they invited us into their beautiful ranch, their home in the outskirts of L.A., which I had never been. Um, and it, and then I learned so much about Mexican music and Mexican instruments and all of that. It was, it was beautiful. Oh, awesome. So what has been your proudest moment so far on your journey in music? My proudest moment has been, I think, performing at the Glenn Grammy um, two years ago when I was nominated. I've had some beautiful experiences, you know, Besides that, my album debut number one on iTunes. I worked with Mike McCready from Pearl Jam to do a few tracks for them recently. And wow. I think the Lexus RPM has also been one of the most special special journeys I've had in a very long time. It was so different and so refreshing. Have you faced any obstacles on your journey? Well, you know, I think um, being a musician isn't easy. And pursuing a career as an artist, as a soloist, is probably, it's hard. And I think at first, you know, I'm a songwriter and you believe in your sound and you believe in your songs. And the first obstacle is convincing everybody else. I think right now, one of the biggest things is being a woman in, in the music industry. And I think especially in Latin music is, is an obstacle because there is a stereotypical Latina. And while I think that's beautiful, I think it's a beautiful way to be. Unfortunate, not, not unfortunately, but now we are not all that stereotypical Latina. We come in so many different shapes and sizes and colors, and we're just all so different. And I think that it's up to this younger generation. I mean, there's amazing women that I looked up to, like 
Alejandra Guzman, Shakira, that have broken the mold, but we have to keep going because it's a very sexist, misogynistic world. And Latinas, you know, we have our voices and we have to make sure that we get heard. And I think every day being a woman in Latin music is an obstacle with the way you present your music, the way you want to dress, the way you are perceived. And it's a constant struggle. Absolutely. So you mentioned, you know, misogyny. Like we are in a world that's dominated by that. I mean, you see that with, you know, all the stuff that went on with the election. You know, how do you stand strong and inspire other women to really follow their dreams and goals? You know, I I try to do it with my music. If I I'm very honest when I write and very open when I write and I write from my perspective and I don't hold, hold anything back. And when I perform as well, and I encourage women to do the same, to be honest with themselves, to be honest with everybody around them. I think I think we're so overloaded. You know, the obvious thing is to talk about body image, and we're so overloaded with this ideal woman, and it's completely impossible to achieve for most people. You know. I try to inspire women to do what they want, to be themselves, to follow their dreams, as cheesy as it sounds, but it's so true because as a woman, people will question you twice as much. If you're a girl drummer, you have to be twice as good. If you're a girl songwriter, you have to be twice as good because everybody's going to expect you to suck and blame it on you being a girl. And that is our constant struggle, our constant thing that we are battling against. And I would love to see more women in music, more women that are tour managers, more women that are guitar players because... It's a very lonely world for us right now in the music scene, and I, I, I hope that in future generations, more women decide to pick up an instrument, even though that's not what is typically expected. Speaking of, you know, music and the arts, why do you think the arts are important to the world today? It seems like so often when we look at things like school budgets and they get cut, especially in inner cities, the first thing to go are those arts programs, including, like, music classes. What are your thoughts on this uh, experience, and how has music transformed you as an individual? You know, music changed my life, and I'm grateful every day that I have an outlet for my feelings and an outlet for my emotions and an outlet for my anxiety because it's more than that. It's just what I do on a daily basis because I can't live without it, and I think it saddens me to see um, schools cutting music programs and people diminishing music's importance because even if you don't decide to be a full-time musician, having the skill, having the hobby, having a love for music is so important, not in your profession, but as a human being, I think. You know, and it's already been proving, proven that having after-school programs, after-school bands, after, you know, all of that will keep kids from going and getting in trouble. There's plenty of, I work with this um, non, uh, non-for-profit called Guitars Over Guns here in Miami and in Chicago, actually. They have an after they, it's a mentorship program to kids keep at risk youth. I mean, from you know to get them involved in music and music is also much more than just the practice of playing an instrument or or the song. It's about camaraderie. It's about playing in bands with people. It's 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 so important. I think, and I really hope that people will realize that very soon. Are there any mentors that you that have had an impact on you at all and and in your career? I don't know if I would say mentors. I've, again, I've had the opportunity to work with artists that I've admired since I was a little kid as a backup singer, but I'm also, I'm inspired by my colleagues. I would say that I'm inspired by the musicians that I went to school with, the musicians that I get to play with every day. Um, it's nice as an artist to let yourself be inspired by other artists. And I've gotten to know a lot of amazing singers and songwriters and musicians like Sunny Garcia, like Pedro Capo from Puerto Rico, that have become friends and are also colleagues and inspire me every day as well. 
what kind of advice would you give people, young people or old people or anyone in general who is interested in pursuing a career in music? I would say to get educated. And I don't mean go to college because that's not for everyone. I mean, get educated in music is what I mean. I'm not saying go to college for music because I know that that's not for everyone and not everybody can do it. But there's YouTube videos. There's books. There is you know, so many means to get information. And I think sometimes, especially singers, they think that just because you're a good singer, that's all you need to do. And there's so much more. You have to learn about the music industry. You have to read about music business. You have to, you should know how to play an instrument. You should know about history. You, if you're a pop singer, then know about other people doing what you're doing. And I think we undervalue education. And all we think about sometimes with music is the social media and the glitz and the glam, which is cool and it's important but the education the musicianship is so much more important to be able to hold your own in a room full of other people doing music you'll get so much more respect and and you'll have an easier route so i would tell everyone that to try to absorb and learn as much as they can about music where can our listeners the readers learn more about you upcoming shows that upcoming album or any place you know you want them to get a hold of you or stay in contact with you in terms of the digital sense well they can follow me on all social medias at Raquel Sofia with an S not a PH <laughs> R-A-Q-U-E-L-S-O-F-I-A and on Snapchat it's Raquel Sofia 1 and I'll be posting about all of that. My music's available on Spotify and on iTunes. And please check out my first album, Te Quiero Los Domingos, my upcoming single, Ronde Azúcar, and of course, all the music for Lexus RPM, which is available on Spotify and iTunes as well. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Hashtag Highlights. If you want to learn more about Raquel Sofia, you can visit sonymusiclatin.com slash artist slash Raquel Sofia and that's R-A-Q-U-E-L dash S-O-F-I-A you can follow her on Twitter at Raquel Sofia R-A-Q-U-E-L S-O-F-I-A and Instagram at underscore Raquel Sofia you can stream her music on Spotify and download her latest album Te Quiero Los Domingos on iTunes and while you're at it make sure you check out HalfStackMag.com and you can follow us on social all at HalfStackMag thanks for listening and thanks for your support